0: Message. Father God, we love you, we praise you, we glorify you today in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. We think of that it's alive and that it's active and that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. God, we pray today that you would use this word to change us, challenge us, and to convict us. Father, as you brought us to this place, Lord, we pray that you would use this time to refine us. God, I pray specifically for mental breaks that are in people's heads to receive this message. Father, remove it. Give him the mind of Christ. The spirit of worldliness be cast out in Jesus' name. The spirit of deception cast out in Jesus' name. Father, let this word be received. Let it it be good seed and good soil in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our scripture for the week has been and will continue to be for today. Deuteronomy chapter 20, starting in verse 2. It says, when you are about to engage in battle... The priest has come forward and addressed the army. He is to say to them, listen, Israel, today you are about to engage in battle with your enemies. Do not be cowardly. It's the title of today's message. Do not be afraid, alarmed or terrified because of them for the Lord, your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. We are in a culture war in America. America been going on for decades, but it has been heating up over the past few years. And I want you to think this morning that I'm talking about 2020. I'm not talking about last week. I'm talking about the last 20 years. Yeah. We've gone from being one nation under God to one nation under government. Yeah where people have begun to believe that the political systems of today are going to be their saviors. They're going to be the one that's going to protect them and save them. People have worshiped them, bowed down to them and believed in them. And it needs to stop. America used to be a place where we used to allow to each his own, but now there is a convert or be destroyed ethos in America. It's a moving target with no defined structure It has little leadership or a clear goal, but it is clearly anti-God. It is propagated through the media, Facebook, Twitter, Google, Amazon, Apple, governmental powers, institutions of education, books, blogs, videos, and it's validated by multinational corporations of influence that are now an economic enforcement arm of compliance. We're in a culture war. It's hypocritical, it's nonsensical, it's unscientific, it's coercive, it's demanding, it's demonic, and it's forceful. It's a war that wants to control what you can say, where you can go. It tells you who you are and what you are not, what you can be and what you can't be. It wants to change the way that you think and what you're allowed to think It wants to tell you how you're to act and how you're to live and how you're to worship what you can and cannot eat and drink. It demonizes what you hold sacred. It wants to destroy the nuclear family. It normalizes and accepts criminal behavior and enables addiction and vagrancy. It blames, it distorts, it withholds truth. It wants to control what you watch and see. It fundamentally wants to change the way you view the world and encourage you to abandon the things of God and see them as antiquated. It redefines words. It demonizes some groups and elevates others. It identifies you by your external qualities. It restricts your freedom. It is a form of totalitarianism that seeks to control every aspect of your life. It's illogical. It forces you to call something clearly what it is, what it is not. It's veiled in promises of personal pleasure and utopian ideals and progress. It changes God into a theistic pleasure giver instead of a holy creator who must be submitted to. It has infiltrated churches to teach that God wants you to have pleasure more than truth. That salvation is action and there's no requirement for conversion. It changes scriptures. It destroys orthodoxy. It wants you to reject the truth of your eyes and ears. It wants you to accept without protest, falsehoods and propaganda and to just acquiesce to its demands of submission. It's been happening in plain sight for decades. And as the proverbial frog in the boiling water can attest, many have not been paying attention to what has been going on. There's a few names. There's cultural Marxism. There's secular humanism. There's worship of the state and destruction of the holy. It's churches that refuse to preach the gospel of repentance and succumbs to the ideals of the world. It offers a a hedonistic, licentious, self-serving gospel that turns Jesus into a long-haired, gender-confused, weed-smoking hippie who walks around and approves of sin. And it's coming for and it's in the church already. You can call me tinfoil black helicopter guy, but the Bible already declares it. And the danger is this. If you do not resist it, you will become an apostate and you will not make heaven. You must resist it at all costs. You're going to engage in battle. You have to wake up to the reality that we are engaged in battle. We are not in the same world. We're just not. We're in an ideological fight that can simply be defined as reverential and deconstructionist. One side reveres God. And one side reveres that which is holy. And one side wants to deconstruct anything and everything that holds anything dear. One side wants his structures and institutions and freedoms. And the other side seeks to destroy them at any cost and elevate the personal desires of the individual at the cost of any institution. You're not that special. Reverentialism admits that God is great and we are not, while the deconstructionist declares, I am great and God is not. They say, I am my own God. I answer to no one. I can do what I want to whom? And friend, this is the battle and you're either going to be engaged or you are not. You must, as they did in Acts, count it worthy to suffer for his shame. Jesus himself said in Matthew 10:34, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. He said, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, let me make it clear. This battle is not a physical battle. We we, we are not going to leave this place and go storm a building. We're not going to do that. It's not what we're going to do. It's an ideological fight. It's a fight in your mind and in your mouth. It's a fight of what goes into your eyes and goes into your ears. It's not, it's not a, a, a warfare with hands. Matthew 26, Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. For Samuel 17, then all of this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Amen. It's ideological. Ephesians chapter six, verse 12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Friend, this is a a battle for your mind and for your soul and for your allegiance. And you have to choose, I'm going to fight this battle because it's worth it. This is the moment. This is the time. It's the the same type of time when the prophet Joel said in Joel 3, 9, Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Now is the time. Draw near and wake up. The stakes could not be higher. They couldn't be higher. This is that moment. This is that that pivot point. That's the, the proverbial moment when everything's changing. Wake up. And the end result is the destruction of what you hold dear. Of what you aim to do, honor God, live for Him, and raise your raise your family to do the same. Yeah. To just basically ju- just choose truth and orthodoxy in the Bible. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You've got to be engaged in the battle. Yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you this: I'm ready to fight. Yeah. I'm ready to be in the battle. I'm prepared. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, what I'm not going to fight anymore. Is Christians. Yeah. I'm done with the infighting with Christians. I'm done with the gossip. I'm done with the slander. I'm done with the backbiting. I'm done with the speaking against. I'm done with the, they offended me and now we're in a fight and we're inside of God's church. I'm done with it. I decree today at Faith and Victory Church, you get one week to settle your issue with somebody else. And if you can't figure it out, both y'all can leave in Jesus' name. We are not going to win this war fighting amongst ourselves. It's exactly what the enemy wants in the petty, nonsensical fighting division. It's done in Jesus name. I don't want to go to war with someone who's got more heart to fight their own people than they do to fight the enemy. It's fratricide. Get some courage to be able to fight the enemy, not just have courage to fight your own people. Don't be cowardly. Cowardly is someone who lacks the courage to endure dangerous or unpleasant things. And I will tell you, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be pleasant. In this battle, it's just not. You're going to have to speak up. You're going to have to change your plans. You're going to have to remove your idols. You're going to have to readjust your life and plan ahead. You're going to have to give up your comfort and change how you live. You've got to educate yourself and be prepared to be ostracized. You're going to have to stop watching certain things. You don't have to take time to talk to your children and say, this is wrong. We don't agree with this. We're not going to watch this. You're not going to read this. You're not going to go there. You're not going to be friends with them. You've got to decide how you're going to educate them. And you're going to choose where you're going to work and what you're going to allow. And it's going to take more intestinal courage than many of you have ever mustered to stay the course. But you must prepare your mind for the siege and not grow faint. You can't. Do you know how much America has changed in the last hundred years? We've all been boiled into this slow boil. Even, even now, just the fact that I, I haven't even called it out by name and some of your, your stomachs are cheering like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's saying this stuff. It's not being very nice. Because you've been taught that truth is offensive. You've been taught that you can't speak your mind and that free speech is dead. You've been taught that and so you ostracize those even within the church that say we live by the standards of God's word. You know, I found this motion picture code of 1927. Movies, right? So 1927, they had a code Of how movies should be conducted and things that they would allow and not allow. And what they would not allow in the movies in 1927 was pointed profanity, either by title or lip. This includes the words God, Lord, Jesus Christ, unless they are used reverently in connection with proper religious ceremonies. It forbade all profane and vulgar expressions, however, it may be spelled. It prohibited any licentious or suggestive nudity, in fact, or in silhouette. It prohibited any lecherous or licentious notice thereof of characters in the picture. The illegal traffic in drugs, any inference of sex perversion, ridicule of the clergy, willful offense to any nation, race, or creed, and international relations. Avoiding, picturizing in an unfavorable light another country's religion, history, institutions, prominent people, and citizenry. It prohibited depicting arson, the use of firearms, theft, robbery, safe cracking, and the dynamiting of trains. (laughs) The dynamiting of mines, buildings, etc., and they have an explanation here where it says, having in mind the effect of which too detailed of a description of these may have upon the moron. Oh <laughs> it prohibits depictions of brutality and possible gruesomeness, technique of committing murder by whatever method, methods of smuggling, sympathy for criminals, attitude towards... Yeah attitude towards public characters and institutions, sedition, rape, or attempted rape, first night scenes. It prohibited man and woman in bed together, not destroying the institution of marriage, pushing forward the use of drugs, titles or scenes having to do with law enforcement or law enforcing officers, excessive or lustful kissing. Furthermore, it stated that all criminal action had to be punished and neither the crime nor the criminal could elicit sympathy from the audience. Basically, we've just destroyed daytime television. It's only a hundred years ago that those were the standards for movies. Most of those are broken in Pixar movies now. And we say, well, you know, America's not that bad. Things haven't changed that much. We, we literally are seeing a time where they're passing laws to normalize criminal behavior. And I'm the backwards one? Change the name of words. And they say, well, no, 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 it's, it's a guy. It looks like a girl, but they identify as a guy. So you have to call them a guy, even though they're not a guy, because they say that. But it looks like a girl. I'm confused. Some of y'all are even surprised in saying it. I can't believe he's saying that in church, that a man's a man and a woman's a woman. Yeah. Revolution. There used to be standards and codes of what we revered and what we held sacred. Now it's mob rule. As the prophet Joel said, he said, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Yes. And if you're cowardly and you're weak and you're afraid, today is the day to say, man, I am strong. Yes. Man, I get it. It's scary. We see what they do to people, man. You're one tweet away from destruction. Yes. multinational corporations can destroy one person yeah. but some little baker has to be forced to bake a cake yeah. 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 a multinational corporation can destroy another corporation based on what they believe but you better take some pictures yeah. Yeah. Right. Come on. the hypocrisy and double standard is unbelievable yeah. Say I am strong. Say it. Say I am strong. strong. That's where it starts. Even if you're scared, even if you're weak, begin to say I am strong. I mean, I wish I could tell you that I stand up here and I was like, I'm ready, but I, I felt like I was gonna pee myself. I'm like, I'm scared. I don't want to say this. I don't want to be ostracized. I don't want it to be recorded and put out to all the world to see. I know what they do to people like me, but it needs to be said, and I'm not going to be a coward. 1 Corinthians 16:13, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. This ideological battle must be fought in your mind and in your homes. It must be resisted. You have to train your children and your family to recognize what is not Christian and speak about it. say, kids, this is not what Christians do. This is not what Christians believe. When you have friends, you say, man, we're Christians, aren't we? We don't believe this. We don't agree with this. It's what you watch and what you read and what you allow with your kids and the kind of friends that you allow them to have. You know, I'm at a place now in my parenting that I can say that I parented my children well. And we were the type of parents that said, you're not spending time with them. They're a bad person. And I don't want their influence in your life. My kids are, you know, getting late in their teens and early twenties. They don't have a lot of friends, but you know what? They love Jesus yeah. and the friends they do have love Jesus. Yeah. I'll let my kid be a little bit more lonely and a little bit less like to make sure that they're going to heaven. Yeah. The coward capitulates and accepts the warrior engages and defends you might find yourself in a conversation you might need to remove yourself from or kindly defend your position. Yeah. You are the king of your kingdom, and you must come to terms with what you will allow. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be that person that says, you know, man, I just don't agree with that. Yeah. And just say, I'm not going to stand with you and say that this is acceptable. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. Yeah. People that storm the Capitol building deserve the same punishment as people that storm a police house in Seattle. Yeah. Law is law and punishment is punishment. You don't get some special ticket based on your ideology. I, I have no sympathy for either one of anybody that chooses to light things on fire and strike fear and terror in the hearts of men. Get rid of all of them. I don't care what ideology that you're a part of. It's easy to continue to watch. It's easy to accept what others say is False. It's hard to speak the truth in love and reject what is common amongst men. Yes. I'll tell you the most courageous thing that you can do is to turn off your television. Yes. Just turn it off. Yes. If you can't handle it, don't watch it. Yes. Okay. The media has a product and they sell it well. It's fear. Yes. It's fear. Yes. It's destruction. Yes. They want you to stay at home and stay on the internet and order things from Amazon. They don't want you interacting with your fellow man. When's the the last time you went to your neighbor and said, Hey neighbor, I just burned my television in the backyard. Y'all want to get some hot dogs? (laughs) (laughs) There's fellow humans all around you that need love, care, and understanding. Staying at home and wringing your hands over some pundit that wants you to stay afraid is not going to do anything for your life. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Friends, you must settle in your heart what you value and what you desire and what end you will inherit. See, the scriptures of Jesus are so revolutionary, but they've been set aside to try to grow a populace of people that will feel better about their sins. Luke 17, 33, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. Are you scared? Good. We all are, but you got to kill the coward that lives inside. You got to kill him. Just, just admit your cowardice, man. Just do it. Just say to your friend, man, I don't, I'm burn it today, man. I'm scared. I don't know what this is going to cost me. I don't know if I have what it takes. Get around other people that have some courage. Man, I need your encouragement. I need you to build me up because I'm afraid. Deuteronomy twenty has been our verse all week. Later in that chapter, verse eight, it says, The officers shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is fearful and faint hearted? Let him go and return to his house. Lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. Do not infect others with your cowardice. Yeah. Dude, if you're afraid, just admit it. But don't go. Well, I don't think we should be doing that, man. Oh, I thought we were supposed to be loving. The truth is the most loving thing that you can speak. You're loving somebody to hell, and they're paving the way, and you're handing them the bricks. Like, yeah. Be, Be ye gone in your way. See, Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed. Don't be terrified. This is not the time to be afraid. Comfort is the enemy. Public perception and loss of reputation are the greatest fear. It's that, that idea that says, well, what are people going to say about me? How am I going to care for my family? I get it, man. I think that every week when I get up here to preach. I mean, unlike everything I say is recorded for all humanity. Everything I say, like, I don't have really any other job options after this. You know what I mean? This pastor thing doesn't work out. I'm moving in with y'all, cause like, I like they Google my name for the job. We're hiring this guy to sell our apples. No way. Do you know what he said back in 2012? I got a video. You should listen to what this guy said. But I'm all in, man. I'm all in. I'm not going to be afraid. I, I got a God that I'm going to answer to and an eternity that I'm going to spend with him. And I'm going to stand before him and say, Lord, I got as many as I could to come to the side of hope and glory. We, as Judeo Christian people, have been here for thousands of years, man. We're going to endure till Christ return. Don't worry about it. Dude, the church is going to be fine. The church, the church is going to prevail, the gospel is going to go forward. If you have any fear, your fear should not be what's going to happen to the church. The fear should be what's going to happen to you. Are you going to be the one that falls into apostasy? Are you the one that's going to fall away? Jesus said the gates of hell will not overcome the church. That's what he said. He didn't say the gates of hell won't overcome you. So you better fight tooth and nail, man. See, I've been serving God long enough that I've seen the ups and the downs of society, man. I mean, we, we started this church in 2003, not because it made a good market decision. We're just like, hey, let's start a church. I went full-time in the ministry December of 2007 after being bivocational for a few years. And then in 2008, you guys remember what happened in 2008? Crash. Everything was crashed. Our house value put in half and everything else. But interestingly enough, I still gained weight during that year. Hallelujah. <laughs> My family still had a car that ran and a roof over our head. And I've seen God's protection over his people over the last 30 years. I've seen economic cycles that nobody else understands. And the people of God are protected and well fed. It's a promise of scripture. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. It's really what it is. And so you've got to get this out of your mind of of worrying about, well, what is the stock market doing? And they say the housing market's doing this and the jobs are this. No, I serve a mighty God and his word declares that I will be the head and not the tail. He declares I'll be wed fed. I'll go out like a, like a stall fed calf. Hallelujah. We're just not going to, we're not going to change the world, man. We're just not. And and I know that's sobering to hear, but man, I've been serving God for 30 years and I can't even count how many preachers I've heard say like, we're going to save this city for Jesus. We're going to take this city. And I ain't heard of nobody that took no city ever, ever. You know what I mean? I just, not in my lifetime. We're we're in a city of 90,000 people where there's about 30 churches. And by some estimations, I think we figured out there's probably like four or 5,000 people that go to church in Auburn. It means there's like 85,000 people that don't, 85,000 that don't agree, don't like us, or against us, and everything else. And statistics say, and based on our production over the last 250 years of of American Christianity, we're failing, and we're not going to win the city. We're just not. So the best that we can do is one by one gain as many as we can to give God more glory. That's our best bet. We we have to take away this lofty ideal and and say, oh, we're going to save the city. Why don't you start with the guy across the street from you, man? But we are a people that have walked through without fear. Hundreds of times we're told in the Bible to not fear, to not be afraid, to not be terrified. And now is the time to not walk in fear. We just have to keep our fear in check, man. We, we, we have to just do it scared. It's like the line from that movie that said, you do the thing you're most afraid of and you get the courage for it after. You're just not going to have courage for it. You know what I mean? You're just not. Psalm one eighteen eight says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Yeah. Luke twelve four says, and I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more they can do. Yeah. What's the worst thing that happens? Death. All right, yeah. death. Where art thou, sting? Yeah. Yeah. Death is swallowed up in victory. Yeah. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. Yeah. But we're so afraid. What if they unfriend me on Facebook? Yeah. This person from high school that I wasn't friends with, that I didn't like, that somehow I'm bound in a relationship with, I'm overly concerned about what they think about me. Some of y'all are going to get that on the ride home. They didn't like you in high school. Now they're just trolling you to follow you because they're upset with your success because they chose the wrong path and now you're living for God and they want to tear you down. Run to Jesus. Fear comes when you worry about your livelihood and your family and your friends, what you're going to do and how you're going to live. Jesus made it very clear when he spoke to his disciples, when he started this revolution, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worry about itself. Who of you can add even an hour of your life by worrying? Proverbs 18, 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. Run to the Lord. Make it about him. Find your peace, your joy, your value in him. Be a person of love. Love and truth are not mutually exclusive. You can have both. You can have love and truth. First John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. When you, when you live a loving existence, you, you don't live in fear. Do you know why? Because you love God more than anything. You just don't care. You don't have fear anymore. You revere the holy and you make him first. You don't love the things of this world. And, and I'll be the first to admit, and I, I publicly repent and apologize, the, the, what, 20, uh, t- what 2020 did for me is it revealed some of the dirtiness of my heart of that there was things in the world that I really loved. Yeah. Yeah. I love going out to eat and eating my body weight and chips yeah. before my food comes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who else? I mean, we literally choose our Mexican restaurants based on the chips and the salsa. The food is secondary.
1: I mean, you're not even hungry by the time the food shows up anyway.
0: Oh. And don't let it be a place that's got the pico de gallo too. you, are like putting that stuff. Oh. Can I get my food to go, please? Dude, I, I miss it, man. I probably loved it too much. Uh, I I enjoyed taking my kids to a godless movie and spending $200 on popcorn and Slurpees. Going to sporting events. I really like, I I miss my kids playing sports. There's a certain selfish satisfaction you get when you watch your teenage daughter dropping threes on opponents. You know what I mean? Gosh, man, it makes, there's an empty part inside of every parent's heart that just makes you feel better about yourself. You know what I mean? Ripped away in Jesus' name. I told my daughter, I said, I'm sorry you have to suffer for my sin. <laughs> Here, here's where the fear goes away, man. You just have to s- search after Jesus. It really, If you have fear, it's because you don't have enough Jesus. Every, there are so many scriptures and so much spirit of God that satisfies every last bit of fear that you have in your heart, and so if you 're having fear in, in any any area of your heart it 's like it 's like a, a a gauge on your gas that tells you like man i 'm low on Jesus because my fear is getting too high, so you just get Jesus inside of you, you seek after him, you go after him it's uh, D- david psalm thirty four I sought the Lord and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears all of my fears. I mean, and I get it, man. There's things that go on around us that we are somewhat like, oh, that's concerning. Like I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage you to walk the streets of Seattle at night and tempt death. Like I wouldn't encourage you to do that. You know what I mean? But I mean, at least you're not suffering through warfare like David did. You know what I mean? You just seek after God and say, you know what, God, I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm not going to do that. I believe the words of Joshua when he said, Have not I commanded you, be strong and be of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And, and this is the best part, man. The best part about this ideological war is that it's not even your fight, yes. Amen. it's not on you. It's not on you. It's not on your ability, it's not on your holiness. It's not on whether or not you've got enough strength because I don't have enough strength. I don't have what it takes. I don't have enough courage. I just don't. The Lord will give us the victory. It may not look like how we want it to look, but the Lord will bring his victory in his time. And it's either going to happen right now or it's going to happen in the hereafter. The Bible declares and promises that the meek will inherit the earth. And I believe it. And you know what the greatest victory of this world is? Not caring about them any longer. Just jettison that thing, man. Just be done with it. If I I learned anything this year, it's how much I love the people of God and his church, man. It's really what every preacher has been preaching about for the longest time, of not caring about the world and just caring about God and his things. Right? The satisfaction that I get of being in the house of the Lord with God's people far outweighs or exceeds any worldly joy that I used to get on the other side. It's almost like that's how God originally designed it. That big F word, fellowship. That was kind of funny. But really like hanging out with God's people and and eating some good food and just like enjoying the fellowship of the saints. Like it's satisfying, you know, you ain't got nowhere to be and nothing to do. And you're just kind of hanging out and chewing the fat. Like that's a good life. It It really is. And and, and as we continue to have that, I'm going to continue to be satisfied. Jesus said in John 15, if you are of the world, the world would love its own yet because you are not of this world. But I chose you out of this world, therefore the world hates you. You know, people bang on me and say, Oh, Pastor, you know, you're having church and you're going to be a poor witness. And the world's going to. They hated me in 2019. Yeah. They don't want anything to do with me in 2019, yeah. 18, 17, 16, It's just another excuse. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Whatever. <laughs> now, let me say this, man, as we're rounding the corner do, do not go looking for a fight please. You know, it, it, even now as we continue to do what we do, like I'm not poking the bear. I, I have no need to fight with these people at all. I, I'm not interested in that. I want to be able to worship God, save, get the lost saved and spend time in his grace and mercy. Do not go to work tomorrow and get fired. Okay. I understand this is passionate. And you guys are like, yeah, I'm going to do something. And you're like, no, honey, tomorrow I'm telling that boss what's going on. Oh, Bill, you've never been early to work. That's because I got something to say. (gasps) Honey, you're home early today. (laughs) Call pastor. We're moving in. I don't have room for all y'all, okay? Okay, wise as a serpent, harmful as doves. They own everything, man. They own it all. There, there's, this is why it's funny when people are always talking about boycotts, what, what are we going to do? Boycott the light company? <laughs> you boycott the water company? Like everything is against us, man. They all hold ideals that we do not hold dear. You're going to, you going to make your own socks out of wool. You, you just can't the whole thing, all of it, every bank, every structure, every store, they all just are against us, man just have to be wise. The greatest way that we engage in this battle is to fully submit to God in all areas of our lives. We just make a decision. We say, God, I'm going to honor you, your word, your ways, no matter what the cost. And the promise is this. It's the same promise from Deuteronomy 28. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven. God has vengeance. We don't need to do it. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Our God is the God who said in Ezekiel 25, I will execute great vengeance on them with furious anger. And they shall know that I am the Lord when I lay vengeance upon them. I've waited about 25 years to use that scripture. And any all that know the reference need Jesus. (laughs) This is the God of battle who moved through Israel, spoken about in Joshua. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you, as he promised you. So we trust in God and we stand courageous. Deuteronomy says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord, your God, he is the one that goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you because it's for his glory. It's not for ours. We want people to give God glory. That's our goal. It's just, man, let's just gather a few more people so we get to eternity. Instead of having, you know, a billion, there's a billion, 100,000. God just gets a little bit more glory when we get up there. Amen. So we've got to do the work necessary to lead others to the truth. We've got to build relationships with our neighbors and coworkers. We have to lead them into the freedom that Christ provides. I mean, in this world that is really taking away every last freedom, people are going to be drawn to the freedom that we have in Christ and it's a great freedom. In the book of Jude, it says, but you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Friends, there are so many people that are going to the fire and we need to love them and grab them and pull them back from this fire. But this battle is not ours. It is the Lord's. It's not our job to fix the world. It's just not. Our job is to revere and worship God, to love his bride, to live according to the scriptures and pray that his will be done and he will keep us in perfect peace if our minds are stayed on him keep our minds stayed on him and i encourage you man live life enjoy it have a feast yeah. praise i i already today i was going to live out this sermon you know someone brings this bread and it's over in the amc and i don't know why i'm i'm not endorsing this brand but yeah. I see all y'all you know, people come to church early merely to get this cinnamon bread. I see you. And I've been, I've been I've been here and it's been coming for like a year and I I never had the cinnamon bread. No, I know. I'm gonna make French toast out of it for my lunch today. With peanut butter. Hot syrup in Jesus' name. There's wrong with enjoying life. I mean, read the book of Ecclesiastes. Book of Ecclesiastes makes it very clear that we're just going to enjoy our lives in the days that God has given before us. The the future for the miscreants may not be that bright, but for the people of God, like I'm, I mean, cinnamon French toast. I don't know what y'all are doing. Second Chronicles twenty fifteen says, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. I understand this ideological battle is far more than I can fight or accomplish. And, and I, I'm, I'm not seeing that we're going to be able to overcome it. But what I can do is I can create a small pocket of the world where I live as God intended and hope that our influence spreads. Yes. I mean, this, this is more exciting than all that, you know? Yeah. I can surround myself with other people that love God and want to see his will be done. Yeah. It's not our battle, it's his. He will do it. Psalm 34, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Exodus fourteen fourteen: the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Here, here's the last scripture that we're going to end with today. For this ideological battle. <clears throat> and I want to encourage you with it. In Ephesians, excuse me. Ephesians chapter six. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Paul ends it by saying, and for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change that in it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? If you're here this morning and you are not a member of God's army, the enlistment are, uh, the enlistment office is open. He is looking for new recruits. He's looking for people that are going to join the battle. People that would admit I am a sinner and I need a Savior. I cannot save myself. I've been walking in darkness and I want to walk in the light. I've been sucked into the world and I want to be free. I want to live for Jesus wholly and completely. And if you've never made that decision before, if you've never said, I want to live for Jesus, I want to be forgiven of my sins, I want to turn away from the world, and you need to make that decision, excuse me for the first time, I want you to raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to become a Christian. Is there anybody that needs to make that declaration for the first time? Don't let this moment pass. Now for the rest of us, I want you to really look inside your heart and your mind and look for that seed of cowardice. And if it's in there, just pray. Just say, Lord, would you remove this? God, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to do what I know that you're calling me to do, but God, give me your courage. Give me your courage to stand, to to not give in, to not let my mind go anywhere that's not of you. Father, we pray that this word would go straight down into our spirits, God, that we would live a life that's pleasing to you. God, we pray as this world changes, that we would just lean into the one who never changes. As the world loses their mind, that we would have the mind of Christ, that we would continue to hold dear that which you are in us and through us and to us, God. Father, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe, follow us on Twitter, tell all your friends, continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.